Robert Redfield, who is the current director of the CDC, um, is not a super great guy with a lot of public health experience. He is a virologist, I will say that, but he is best known for um, going uh, with the U.S. military to Africa to preach abstinence as a cure for HIV. Oh, boy. He also (laughs) is famous for supporting and facilitating the Army's practice of separating soldiers that are HIV positive into um, segregated housing units that were known as the HIV Hotel and the Leopard Colony at Fort Hood. He also was investigated by the U.S. Army and Congress in 1993 because he was lying about GP-160, which was at the time a vaccine designed for AIDS which did not work and he was saying it cured AIDS so this is kind of like a big critical time in public health and the guy that is running it does not have significant experience with administering public health Mm -hmm. actually with everything that that's going on this is an appointment that again like sort of just uh, reeks of the way that the Trump and Pence administration is sort of running their um, public health sector between SEMA and Alex Azar and Robert Redfield I think is like a a fitting new friend to add to your gallery of rogues in um, bad figures in public health administration mm-hmm. yeah I, sort I think of we feel should like make a I, documentary bad figures in public health administration sorry oh that would actually that might be a good that would be a really good series the and, 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 and actually quite a very long one, I would think as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I also think a never-ending story, if you will. We're going to need a ten-episode run. Well, no, but like public health is uh, public health crises. I think are really interesting. I think you make a good point. They're like an interesting lens. They, they expose a lot of the things that are already ongoing and underlying this uh, administration and the yeah. context in which the administration governs. Right. So, like, who's on the? It's really you know, telling when you look at who's on the task force on the, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. COVID-19 task force, it's, you know, uh, Azar, like what is Azar's background? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it's the, the drug industry. And it's like there, it was like very telling and very obvious. Like when he said, like what really matters is, you know, the, whether or not these companies can make money from, uh, from the, from the vaccine. Um, right. the, and not committing to the idea that like, oh yeah, everyone will be able to get it free of charge. Um, the other, like another person, I think most people don't know who's on the task force is Ken Cuccinelli. Oh, uh, really? why? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, does he have because, a background in anything? Uh, well, filing a constitutional challenge to the Affordable Care Act, uh, <laughs> five minutes after yeah. it passed. Um, he also, and like, wasn't he? Like, he's not the one who's also Trump's social media manager. No, 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 Homeland Security. Oh, oh security. Okay. He was an attorney general once, right? Maybe in Virginia. He was the attorney general of Virginia. Okay, yeah. so I guess that's sort of well, relatively mean, no, not really. I mean, surprise! What like the fa- uh, like a explicitly fascist government uh, or a, an explicitly fa- fascist executive branch is going to respond to a public health crisis yes. with fascist? Uh, that's my point. Yeah, that's my things, point. You know, obviously. I like, was remembering right. Yeah, when he was wanna, when he was uh, um, when he was Surgeon General of the, or Attorney General of Virginia, he tried to defend anti sodomy laws and make it. <laughs> 
and make it <laughs> illegal like to have yeah. same-sex marriage just within the state. And I think that was 2012. Yeah, he was an cool officer from 2010 guy. to 2014. <laughs> really <laughs> cool super cool dude who guy. could definitely Great period hang. to hold those opinions. <laughs> Age as I, well. I want to. I do want to say. So obviously, the, like the the explicit fascism thing is really uh, is obviously really important. But I do also want to dwell on the fact that like it is also important that in the same breath that so if Alex is our as we know, as we talked about in the last episode, Alex Azar, when he got up and like made the big statement or whatever about the development of a potential vaccine and how it would be important to like not necessarily guarantee that it's affordable to a lot of people so that like drug companies can get, you know, whatever, can get their bank or whatever, can make that bread. They need um, their share of the COVID pie. Yeah. They're how, at the table. We got to feed them. How else are you going to fund uh, research and marketing? I don't know. Right. A lot of people people <laughs> got to eat. Um, I need a fourth house. Um, the the thing is... <laughs> so do I. I want to I point out that actually I didn't know that thing about... Um, Ken Cuccinelli that like he was one of the people who uh, for, like did like one, a very early challenge on constitutional grounds to the ACA but this mm-hmm. actually dovetails perfectly the the presence of these two people on the uh, coronavirus response team uh, dovetails actually perfectly with something that I wanted to point out which there was this like uh, this article came out last night which like drove me up the wall to no end because like you can see how the uh like centrist resist crowd is going to react to this but and and like use it as a way to like bolster the aca or something but yeah um this business insider Mm. piece came out saying like by the way there's a provision like technically sir pushing up my glasses like technically sir there's a provision in the aca saying that uh vaccinations have to be like certain vaccinations that are mandated is like federally necessary or whatever um must be like must be covered free of charge uh, to like to patients uh, through their insurer, um, which, you know, <laughs> had this literally resistance Twitter had a field day or field evening, uh, mini field evening because they were also reveling in like Joe Biden's ascendancy or whatever. Uh, but among them, like John Favreau, you know, all these like the, all these former Obama boys or whatever took this like, uh, you know, took this as a rallying point to be like, look at like, look at this, like, look how good we did with the ACA. And also like there, it's not going to be able to be a problem. Um, which like, again, to point out one, this applies only to people with insurance. This provision <laughs> of the ACA only applies to people who have insurance. So all the uninsured, a lot of whom you can still get the fucking coronavirus from right. if you're insured. Uh, just just want to point out or whatever if you're actually concerned in any way about like public health or whatever or about like you know protecting people from mm-hmm. people like B who's immune compromised from uh, from getting this fucking thing. Um, and two, uh, okay, if one of the fucking coronavirus response people is explicitly someone who has an interest in challenging the fundamental, uh, like, legal structure, constitutionality of the ACA, don't you think it might be convenient for essentially the CDC or whatever, or like HHS to basically say like, yeah, like, or not necessarily say, but to sort of allow... like not point that out to companies and allow insurers to sort of bill anyway and then create a lawsuit around the constitutionality of that provision of the ACA Mm -hmm, and possibly the ACA itself like Mm -hmm. how fucking simple are you that you think that this law is going to protect you actually with these courts I mean right well and uh, no I was just going to say exactly Artie it's like uh, assuming that that the Trump administration you know or 
like or any number of uh like attorneys general uh state attorneys general around the country are going to like act in good faith given like their prior behavior even while these like knuckleheads were in office under obama is just like wild like how credulous can you possibly be right yeah it's it's it it boggles the mind. Well, I really feel like we should just like treat this. Um, we should learn a lesson from nine 11 here. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think that okay, Rudy. Uh, a, a global, the threat of a global pandemic um, landing domestically, right. Is pretty similar to the type of situation of like, there has been a carried out domestic terror attack, right. You have sort of this, uh, almost like war powers moment where the mm-hmm. executive branch has a chance to sort of negotiate certain powers and controls in order to sort of ride out this crisis, right? Yeah. During, um, you know, during a terrorist attack, like that might be in terms of military defense, but like there are things that can happen as happened um, with 9-11, the Patriot Act, like just think about the Patriot Act, right? Like we do not need the um, Public Health Administrative Patriot Act to come into existence. And things like COVID and um, Ebola are opportunities for governments to like change the way that they administer public health in bad ways, right? Hmm. Using uh, the opportunity of a crisis, Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And what I think you see is actually that the Trump administration really sees COVID as an opportunity. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, absolutely. And this this idea like you can have many different kinds of responses to a public health crisis. Right. This is also why if you're not on board with pushing Medicare for all right now, you're missing this opportunity. It's and it's not just like infectious disease it's chronic disease it's it's all kinds of other crises that are going on uh if you're not on board for pushing the expansion of the uh provision of 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 healthcare to everyone in the united states you're you're missing a really really important opportunity to shape the way that we think about disease are we going to think about it as something that uh we are going to try to take care of as uh, as a country in a, in a universalistic way, or are we going to go down this other path, which is very, very visible right now, which mm-hmm, is right. towards uh, criminalizing, further stigmatizing uh, other sorts of punitive measures against people for their uh, the the health conditions that they uh, exist in. Like those two paths are incredibly visible right now. Hello, this is Daniel, Beatrice's screen reader program. Support us at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod to hear the full episode and get access to patron-only content. With love, the death panel.